Hello F1 fans and welcome to F1 on and off the track with Kim Ilman. You can see his photos at ProStarPicks.com, subscribe to his YouTube channel or follow him on Instagram at Kim Ilman. My name is Adrian and in this episode we're talking about the Japan GP that's just happened over the weekend. Kim, and how was it? Oh, hi, Gazimus. It was, uh, well, it was only three days long instead of four days. Pretty interesting with the typhoon, but... Mm. Um, yeah, that the race was interesting and I had a good time. Japanese people are lovely. Uh, just grey skies for three of the four days. So how impactful was the typhoon to the whole race this weekend? Well, look, I've been through cyclones in Darwin before and uh, they've always been sort of minor things. And, and you tend to get a bit blasé. And certainly with this one, there was a lot of rain in the area that we were. We're staying 19 kilometres from the track. And even on the day that we had off, the day the cyclone, was, the typhoon was going to hit, I went down to Suzuka and it was it was rain. It wasn't super heavy rain, but there was rain and uh, grey skies, but no savage wind during the day. We went back to Yokaichi and we were going out for dinner that night and there was, um, there was a strong wind. Look, it wasn't savage, but it was strong. But of course, a lot of friends from Australia were ringing me, so I'll stay safe and people are dying. And I'm thinking, yeah, not here, not around here, thankfully. So it, it worked out well for us that um, it didn't come too close to the track. And I, thought, I think it was a wise decision for them to cancel it. I know that they didn't have enough emergency typhoon shelters in the event that it was a savage storm that uh, they couldn't have handled uh, all of those people needing a shelter. So a smart decision, a safe decision, one that was handed down very early and gave everybody plenty of time, well, plenty of time being a day, to um, make plans. So moving to the race, what was your best photo from the weekend? Uh, look, it wasn't during the race. It was actually on Friday in F one of the practice sessions. I decided I'd go and shoot the cars coming into pit lane. Now, they often have to brake heavily when they get to that line because they can't be doing more than 80 kilometres an hour or 60, depending on the, the track that they're, they're at. But certainly, um, I thought, well, I'm going to get this low angle and get the Ferris wheel in the background. It's an iconic shot. But what I didn't bank on was Roman Grosjean and also, I think it was Albon, locking up as they came to this mm. line. So in particular, with Grosjean, he locked up, smoke front and back tyres, Ferris wheel in the background, beautiful dark clouds in the sky to give it some um, some real ominence and it was just a lovely photo and I whacked it up on my page and story and I, I did see later on that uh, Roman had actually shared it. I did show him the picture in the paddock and he was pretty impressed with it. It's the best picture of the day and I thought it was pretty good for me and it was certainly my best pick for the for the weekend, uh, although I did get some lovely shots of Red Bulls and Toro Rosso sparking at R130 or 130R, I always forget which way it is. And uh, they were some lovely shots from just above the fence. So all in all, pretty happy. Uh, lots of driver picks, good interactions, smiles from drivers, thumbs up, some funny goings on. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. How was Park Fermi? Any excellent shots from there? Uh, unfortunately, there's no sunlight in Park Fermi uh, and it's quite a, a dreary looking shot. And Valtteri's not overly crazy with his celebrations. He's not like Daniel, perhaps because Daniel doesn't win that often. Obviously, he tends to go overboard. But, yeah, I got some reasonable shots of Valtteri standing on top of the car. And I managed to get a front row position too, which was great. But there was no jumping into his mates and, and celebrating. But I did notice up on the podium. Uh, and he often does this, Valtteri. Instead of spraying the champagne straight away, he likes to have a drink. And he has a long drink of this uh, carbon champagne from the three-litre bottle. 
And then he starts spraying it around. Somebody made a funny comment on one of the Instagram posts about that, saying he likes to put his spit in the bottle before he sprays it on others. Now, what is Spider Alley? Spider Alley is this area where, in fact, uh, all around the track, they have a lot of wildlife and dense jungle. uh, And you tend to have to walk through it. And oftentimes you fall ass over tit because of these vines that are on the ground that get caught around your shoes. But uh, in certain places, you have to walk through an area which is covered with spiders and, and the webs get in your face. And if you're not paying attention, you end up with spiders on your face. They're not deadly ones like Australia, I don't think. Anyway, it's just oh, it's an awful feeling. But, yep, uh, it's a little bit tricky getting around mainly the, uh, the last two or three corners where we have to um, negotiate that. And I did spend a lot of time there on race day and a little bit of time on uh, Friday in that particular area. So uh, some good shots and differing shots too because the shots with the Ferris wheel on the Friday had grey skies. On race day, they had perfectly blue skies. You pulled a bit of a stunt with Nico Hulkenberg this weekend as well. I did. I had these um, faces of four different drivers and I cut out a hole the size of one of my lenses uh, where their mouth was. And I tried it with Lando, but I didn't get much of a reaction from Lando. But with Nico, I put it over one of my lenses, a 70 to 200 mil lens. So I had this big face of his with a, a hole for what is effectively his mouth where my lens poked through. And as he came towards me in the paddock, I pulled up the camera and he looked at it and the look on his face was exactly what I wanted. It was one of amazement. I took my shots of him looking amazed and at that point I guess he probably didn't know who was taking the shots. Then I put it down and we had a good laugh about it and he ended up actually taking away that cutout for him. He wanted it. So yeah, it worked well. It got what I wanted and my son was also there shooting with me this weekend. So luckily I got the, um, the shots of him and me together reacting to this particular thing. I've still got two left and I may indeed take them to the next race and perhaps play a prank on these two guys that I've still not done it with. Nico also met a particular fan named Haruka. What's her story? She was uh, in the Singapore GP and she was standing at the front and you know what Singapore's like, stinking hot, and she had this jacket on with Nico stuff all over it. And at the time I thought, you're very committed because it's very warm and she's got this jacket on. She waited for him for many hours. And then I saw her in the paddock uh, with the, um, uh, on Thursday with the autograph signing session. She was there again and it was obviously a lot cooler. And she had that same jacket. And then later on the day, I see her in the paddock because oftentimes what happens is the teams will invite interesting people into the garage and perhaps even into the paddock. They've got to obviously trust them and perhaps even know them a little bit, but she was lucky enough to get a a pass to come into the paddock and he saw her and made a beeline for her, gave her a hug, said hello. And uh, I thought that was really nice because this is what I love about the Japanese, that on the Thursday, they queue up for ages to get a a good spot and then they get into the track and um, they've got the most amazing outfits and hats. They make these hats that wear on their heads with all sorts of writing. They make signs. Uh, They dress up in cosplay outfits and it's like nothing anywhere else in the world in terms of fans for F1. And there was a a couple of girls that I photographed last year and they had overalls on with all sorts of writing. One was a Kimmy fan and I can't remember what the other girl uh, who she followed. But I would see them when I got into the track in the morning and I would see them when I'd leave at night. Now, we do a 12-hour day and I'm thinking that they're there all day waiting for the drivers to go in. Perhaps they nip off halfway through the day, I'm not sure, but um, they really have uh, great stamina. 
and they love it the fact that these drivers walk past not walk past in fact they drive out of the gates at night so the best they're going to get is probably a wave uh, they might roll their windows down and say hi and, and i guess really occasionally somebody might even stop and sign an autograph but you have to hand it to them they are certainly diehards how were the fan outfits this year were there any standout ones yeah, I'm going to do a video on that um, with my YouTube channel. It, in the last three weeks, it's gone absolutely berserk. I needed a thousand subscribers and four thousand watch minutes in order to um, rank high and be able to monetize it. Well, it's done that in three weeks. Gone. In fact, it's tripled. I think we're up to about three and a bit thousand followers, and uh, certainly at least treble that in watch hours. So, uh, I'll do a video, I think, on the Japanese fans because it is so colourful. Uh, and the kids, I'm sure the kids have no idea. A three-year-old child's not going to know any Formula One driver, I'm thinking. But they're all dressed up and the parents um, give them signs to wave. And last year, we had these three youngsters in Renault suits and race suits. And they made it into the paddock. And this year, they were in there again. Now, of course, they're a year older, each of them. But they were the hit. Every driver was posing with them. And who doesn't love kids all dressed up in race suits? F1 On and Off the Track is presented by ProStarPix.com. Stunning F1 photos live from the track, searchable and downloadable for personal or editorial use. Head to ProStarPix.com at the end of this podcast. Manga cartoons are big in Japan, and I believe you got some life-size manga F1 cutouts from this race. I did. There's a lovely fellow that I met last year who actually gave me three of these beautiful cutouts. One was of a Red Bull uh, press officer, and I got both of the drivers last year, Daniel and Max, to sign that one for me. This year, he gave me seven, not one, two, seven. <laughs> one of them being this beautiful cutout of um, Sebastian Vettel holding his index finger in the air as he does when he wins or when he uh, at least qualifies on pole. So I, I got those and I did see a number of shots with um, those particular cutouts because he's obviously an extremely talented uh, artist and he's given the teams these things, he's given some of the press officers these cutouts. They stand you know, five or six foot tall, some of them. In fact, the, I'm thinking if he did one for Lando Norris, it would be actual height. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they, they were very popular. I, I did see that Toro Rosso had one of them in their garage as you walk uh, from the paddock into the garage it was center stage there so they were pretty impressed with it and you know i'm really amazed with that, that whole manga anime sort of cosplay thing that they have in this country keeping along the the art line there were a couple of mclaren posters at the entrance of the paddock that got some touch-ups let's say oh, well these, these were just driver photos and every driver was asked to sign their photo which um, they did and then I, I did happen to see a couple of posts on friday where lando and carlos had written and drawn on theirs and defaced both of theirs so i found those particular cutouts and took pictures of them but they that was one of my most popular posts on instagram and i'm thinking i just took a picture of someone's picture uh with some writing on it so yeah <laughs> it's it's amazing what people go for certainly when i put pictures of cars up unless it's something spectacular like grosjean locking up cars have nothing like the impact that people photos do. I find that uh, the audience that I seem to have found really want to know what the drivers are like, what, what the other people in F1 are like, what the, the team bosses. And, and Gunther Steiner is a good example. He's very popular. I, I met his wife for the first time on Sunday and, and snapped a nice picture of the pair of them. But he, he is uh, one of my favourites, Gunther. I reckon he's a real character and doesn't mind speaking his mind. And I like that about him. 
Tell us about Carlos's mother-in-law haircut. <laughs> I saw something uh, on Instagram there too where Nico's made a joke about Carlos's hair, the mother-in-law haircut. Now, I've never heard that term before and I took it to mean that you'd have that haircut if you were trying to impress a mother-in-law, but I could be wrong and may well be somebody listening to this says no it's because it looks like what a mother-in-law would wear but yeah he came under a bit of stick for that on the friday i went out for lunch at the circuit hotel that's where most of the drivers say and it was like a who's who of f1 in there drivers team bosses but interestingly enough there were about 30 fans downstairs in the foyer of the hotel and i'm surprised they let them in but they actually had them cordoned off and they could stand inside these roped areas allowing the drivers to walk down the middle of them to get to the various areas but uh, the drivers ended up the younger ones especially ended up playing FIFA soccer as we would call it or football as they would call it um, for a good part of the day and I asked uh, Carlos on the Sunday who won and he said you don't want to know so I only gather it uh, wasn't him. Is it true that Japan is the only paddock with vending machines? Look, it's the only one I've seen vending machines at, out in the open, and, and that's certainly what Japan is like on a lot of the street corners. They have vending machines now, certainly in Australia or other countries like America or even Europe. That just wouldn't happen because they'd get vandalised and wrecked. But in Japan, uh, it's a common thing. But certainly I've not seen a bank of them like you saw as you walked into the paddock through the swipe gates at Suzuka. So, yeah, a lot of people utilise them, and they not only sell cold drinks they sell hot drinks and of course elsewhere in, in japan they sell electronic items mm. books even um used women's underpants as bizarre as it sounds you managed to catch some photos of daniel ricardo with a rugby ball yeah, they were doing a uh, rugby demo out in the middle of the paddock on thursday that's because the rugby world cup was on here and i thought oh there's a game with australia on friday night it was only a couple of hours away but uh, I end up thinking the better of going down there to that. But certainly it was uh, top of the mind with a lot of the Australian and English supporters talking about rugby in the paddock. And they did this demo where Daniel and Nico had a play. Nico tired of it pretty quickly and ended up going back to the hospitality suite. But Daniel hung around there for a while. And yeah, I got some pictures of them. It wasn't stunning or anything. But as I noticed when he walked back to the hospitality suite, he was bouncing that rugby ball as you would an Aussie rules football. Rarely do we get to see photos of drivers outside of the racetrack, but I believe you got some snaps of Lando Norris playing some pool. Yeah, that wasn't uh, at this race, but I, I did photograph him recently playing pool, and he's not a bad, bad pool player. And I was lucky enough to get the chance to shoot him in civilian clothing. And I would have liked to have got some shots of those guys playing that FIFA football too, because I did see a couple of uh, shots on Instagram, which were just iPhone shots from the drivers. And, and also another funny thing, and I, I will digress here, I've just had a look at the funniest video of Daniel Ricciardo fronting Charles Leclerc as he's coming out of the toilets on the flight they took last night. And you want to find it on the internet if you haven't seen it, because the, um, the look of bewilderment on Charles's face until he gets the joke is quite lovely. And then, of course, later on, Daniel's asleep, so Charles gets his revenge and goes up and videos himself tickling Daniel's nose while he's sleeping. So I, I love that sort of stuff. And, and of course, social media gives us the chance these days to see that interaction and, and see the fact that they're just normal people having a bit of a laugh. They're, they're young guys. And in fact, if you search even harder, you'll find some vision of Lando Norris bowling on Saturday. No, it wasn't Saturday. It might have been uh, Thursday night where he actually runs down uh, on the bowling alley and slides in and knocks the pins down with himself. So that's also another a crazy bit of carry on from Lando. 
At the track, do many people recognise you and want to talk about your videos or your podcast or your Instagram? Yeah, look, it's it's getting more prevalent and it's quite a bizarre thing for me because you know, I just take some photos and whack them up and do some videos. But I, I did meet a lovely lady with her youngster and she came up to me and recognised me. I, admittedly, I've got my name on my shirt, so it's a bit of a giveaway, I guess. But uh, she said, yeah, I, I listen to the podcast and I really love to hear what's going on in the paddock because I can't find that information anywhere else. And it's, it's that sort of feedback that I love to get because um, obviously it suggests that I'm on the right track and, and filling a niche that perhaps uh, has not been filled before. Uh, and it's not only the podcast, there's the fact that these videos are now starting to take off. I've got, I've got a, a video talking about Daniel Ricciardo coming up next and I've got uh, one with Charles Leclerc already in the bag. And, and, and I balance it with stuff about photography too. I did a recent video on motion blur because that's, that was the thing that I really found interesting when I first started doing this. How do you get your photographs arty um, without looking the same as everybody else's and, and motion blur is an important feature. So the next one I've got is talking about how I edit and select the pictures because I'll give an example. On Sunday, I put up 493 photos in the day. Now that's, that's a heck of a lot of photos in 12 hours. Admittedly, uh, I had a second shooter for some of it, my son, but certainly not a lot. They were very minor stuff, and mo mostly outside the track as well. So, yeah, it, I think if you're a photographer, you'd find that side of things interesting. And if you're an F1 fan, you would find the fact that uh, I'm talking about what's going on in the paddock and giving you information that perhaps you haven't been available to before. Is there anyone notable in this week's Women of the Paddock post that will be going up shortly? Well, no, because it was tricky because we only had three days and Saturday is the day that you normally get most of the really well-dressed women there. Uh, I got to tell you, I struggled. I really struggled to find uh, A, women in the paddock and B, women that stood out. So yeah, uh, it's probably not going to be 10 photos. It might be seven, but certainly the next race in Mexico is a popular one for that. And America is even better. So uh, we've got two great ones to look forward to in Abu Dhabi, probably right up there with Monaco is the best. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Kim. It is my pleasure, my friend. I'm going to catch a flight back to Australia now, so uh, I'll leave you to it. To see any of the photos we've talked about today, head over to ProStarPics.com. You can also stay updated by following Kim on Instagram at Kim Millman or seeing his latest videos by subscribing on YouTube. If you like what you heard today, please give us a review and remember to hit subscribe to stay posted for our next episode. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you on and off the track. F1 On and Off the Track was presented by ProStarPix.com. Stunning F1 photos live from the track, searchable and downloadable for personal or editorial use. ProStarPix.com. Head there now.